Somebody give the Lord a mighty clap, my friend. Wave your hands to the Lord. Celebrate the goodness of our God. Celebrate the mercy of our God. In the name of Jesus, I want us to take this song. For you are glorious and worthy to be praised. The Lamb upon the throne. Amen. For you are glorious and worthy to be praised. You are the Lamb upon the throne. Oh, lift up your hands and worship the Lord. Oh, reign in righteousness forever. Over. Wave your hands to God. Wherever you are watching online at the various branches in this place, celebrate the God. Celebrate our God. That's not like unto Him. He deserves all the glory, He deserves all the honor. Yes. May your eyes be open to see the Lamb of God. He reigns in righteousness forever. Oh, for you are glorious. You are worthy to be praised. You are the Lamb upon the throne. Oh, and you, and you, and you reign. Lift up your heart. Worship him. Worship him. Worship him. Worship him. Give him all the praise. Over all Over For you are glorious. Lift up your voice. Sing to the Lord. Over Upon the earth, over all that dwelleth upon the earth, for you are glorious and worthy to be praised. You are the Lamb upon the throne, and you. Over all that dwelleth upon the earth. Over all that dwelleth upon the earth. Over all that dwelleth upon the earth. Father, we give you praise, we give you glory, we submit ourselves to you. We acknowledge you as we acknowledge you are God, we acknowledge your supremacy, we revere you, we honor you, we celebrate you, we acknowledge your doings in our lives, we acknowledge your workings in our lives, we acknowledge that in you we live and move and have our being. All that we are, all that we have, all that we do is by your strength, by your power, by your might, and by your ability. Let the whole world know that Jesus is Lord of our lives. May the whole world know that Jesus is the one that is at work in our midst. 
May the whole world know that the power, the miracles, the wisdom, the signs and wonders are wrought by the name of thy holy child, Jesus. We give you praise and glory and all the saints shall say, Amen. We want to take your seats in heavenly places and give the Lord a mighty clap of it. Oh, give the Lord a shout. Amen. I want to thank the Lord so much for the opportunity to be here. Amen. I, I, um, I would say that maybe in uh, in a number of years, this is the first time I'm ministering on a Sunday in Aloga Junction. Hallelujah. Let me say on a Sunday outside Achimota. Amen. And um, I want to thank God so much for each and every one of you. I want to thank God for those that are watching online. I want to thank God for East Legon, the East Legon branch, the Soutum branch, the Achimota branch. Can I tell you something? Right now, the Wager branch is also connected. Amen. Yes. Wager branch is watching us. So, Wager, I salute you also. Uh, let me tell you, actually, now, actually, I'm the pastor of the Wager branch. I thank God for the opportunity He gave me to serve as pastor at Achimota branch. And now God has moved me to Wager branch. Amen. And very soon, God will be moving me to other places. That is the apostolic calling. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to thank the Lord also. I know Bantama branch is also connected. Bantama, God bless you so much. And then we have people connected online. Amen. We have people from the United States that are watching. We have people from the United Kingdom that are watching. We have people from China. We have people from Australia. We have people from Iran. We have people from UK. We have people from from Ireland. We have people from Uzbekistan. Do you know we have people from Togo who are watching? We have people from Mali and from Kenya and across the nations of the world and we want to thank the Lord so much. Amen. I also want to specially thank God for what he's done in the Holy Ghost Miracle Campaign. Hallelujah. In um, in Oforikrum. Um, Amen. Indeed, it is a doing of the Lord and I want to thank the Lord so much for all the support of the Kumasi churches. Uh, God bless you so much and we believe strongly that he that has begun a good work in us will perfect it in Jesus name. Amen. I pray that God will give us the grace to continue to do the work of the ministry to continue to advance the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is why we live. Amen. We live for the Lord. We live to advance the kingdom of God. The things that we do must be for his glory and for his kingdom. And I pray that each and every one of us will receive the grace to be kingdom-minded. Turn to the person next to you, those of you here, those of you watching online, those of you at the various branches. Um, say to yourself, turn to the person next to you, if you are watching online, you can type it in, in the chat session, that I am kingdom-minded. Kingdom Hallelujah. Give the Lord a mighty clap offering. Amen. I want to thank God. Um, I'm here with Pastor Amy also. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. My Amy, we celebrate you. Amen. All right, shall we enter into the word of the Lord? How many of you are ready for the word? How many of you are ready for the month of July? Hallelujah. Chapter 21. It's a long passage of scripture, but I'm going to read it. I'll read it quickly. Amen. I'm going to read John 21 verse 1 to 17. I'm using the 
um, New Living Translation. Do you have New Living Translation? Oh, it's King James. No problem, but uh, you can still project it even if it's King James, but I'll read from my scripture. Um, John 21, verse 1 to 17. Okay, let's read King James. King James is a... All right, you have NLT. John 21, verse 1 to 17. The Bible says that later, this was, this was after his resurrection, but before his ascension. Later, Jesus appeared again to the disciples beside the Sea of Galilee. This is how it happened. Several of the disciples were... Simon Peter, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples. Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. He said, he's going fishing. Will you come too? They all said, Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. Will you come too? They all said, wow. So they all went out in the boat, but they caught nothing all night. Dawn, Jesus was standing. So they went, they caught nothing all night. Verse 4, at dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who he was. He called out, fellows, have you caught any fish? No, they replied. And he said, throw out your net on the right-hand side of the boat and you'll get some. And so they did, and they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. Then the disciple Jesus laughed, said to Peter, that was John, it's the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his tunic for they are stripped for work, jumped into the water and headed to the shore. The other stayed with the boat and pulled the loaded net to the shore, for they were only about a hundred yards from shore. When they got there, they found breakfast waiting for them. Wow. May you receive breakfast in Jesus' name. May all your needs be met in Jesus' name. May the Lord lay a table before you in the presence of your enemies. May you enjoy sumptuous, delicious meals. In the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. When they got there, they found breakfast waiting for them. Fish cooking over a charcoal fire. Charcoal grilled fish. Wow. My oh my. Charcoal grilled fish. Hallelujah. And some bread. Bring some of the fish you've just caught, Jesus says. So Simon Peter went aboard and aboard and dragged the net to the shore. There were 150 large fish, and yet the net hadn't torn. Now come and have some breakfast, Jesus said. None of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Then Jesus served them the bread and the fish. This was the third time Jesus had appeared to his disciples since he had been raised from the dead. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord. You know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Imagine your beloved asking you such a question. And not just once or twice, but three times. Do you really love me? I'm at the apple of your eye. <laughs> at that time, he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you, Jesus said. Then feed my sheep. Amen. Father, we thank you. Let the heavens open over us. Give us a word that works, a word that transforms us, a word that changes us. May you be glorified and may your people be edified in 
Jesus' name have we prayed. Amen. All right, in this the, uh, this month of July, this is a scripture, it's a long scripture, but our prophetic focus for the month of July, or our theme for the month of July is, I love the Lord, therefore I feed his sheep. Wow. I love the Lord, therefore I feed his, his sheep. I love the Lord, therefore I feed his sheep. Turn to the person next to you, tell the person, do you love the Lord? Those watching online, those watching at the various branches, uh, as a person next to you, those of you over here also, as a person next to you, do you love the Lord? And then now ask the person, are you feeding God's sheep? As a person, are you a shepherd? Get an answer from the person. As a person, are you a shepherd? And get an answer from the person. Those watching online, those are the various branches, as a person sitting next to you. Now, as if the if the person is is not a shepherd, as a person, then are you sure you love the Lord? As a person, if you are not, if you if you love the Lord, why are you not a shepherd? As a person, how come you are not a shepherd? As a person, what are you doing? When will you decide to be a shepherd? As a person, why like this? Why this kind of lifestyle? Tell the person that, do you know Jesus is asking you, do you love me? The second time, do you love me? The third time, do you love me? Tell the, tell the person, Jesus is asking you, do you love me? As a person, what proof do you have that, that you love Jesus? If you don't have, if you are not a shepherd, you don't have any proof. Because that is what Jesus asked John. Jesus asked John that, do you love me? And then John said, yes lord you know i do and this was jesus reply then feed my sheep that means that jesus was trying to tell peter that you are saying you love me but i'm not seeing you feeding my sheep like that so hallelujah amen now this is a very important scripture for us and i want your heart to be open to understand this word that what is it that you love the most what is it in this scripture this scripture is giving us two points and i'm giving us two points from this scripture number one what is it that you love the most what is it that you love the most and number two what is the proof of your love for god what is the proof of your love of god what is it that proves to god that you love him this scripture gives us these two things or out of this scripture we get these two points and at the end of the service i want you to be able to answer this question that what is it that you love the most and what is the proof of your love for God? Each and every one of us that are seated here, let me tell you something. All of us and what it is that we love the most. Sometimes uh, you may not even be conscious of what you love the most. But can I tell you that when, if you are going to follow Jesus, Jesus, God is going to expect you that you lay your everything on the altar. Whatever it is that you love the most, uh, if you are going to follow after God, God will expect you to sacrifice it. 
And that is where a lot of people have not been able to get to. But if you are going to be used by God, if you are going to be filled with God, if you are going to experience the benefits, the blessings of God, if you are going to experience all that God has in store for you, my brother, my sister, I want you to know that God is going to make a demand upon you. We sing a certain song, but sometimes some of us have not been able to understand and appreciate that song. That song by the songwriter, that sweet psalmist, before he sings that song, he makes a certain statement. He said that what? When he makes a demand on you, it's like dying. Then he goes, but out of the ashes of my dying today, I see the breaking of a brand new day in which the name of the Lord alone is glorified. I see the breaking of a brand new the man of God says that God will make a demand on you. And when God makes a demand on you, it's going to bring you to a place of death. It's going to cause you to die. God is going to require that you lay your all on the altar. And it's after you have laid your all on the altar, and after you, have, you are dead, you have come to the place of death, that out of the ashes of your dying, you see the breaking of a brand new day. The reason why we don't see the anointing in our generation, the reason why we don't see the power of God displayed so much, the reason why we don't see the wisdom of God, the reason why we don't see the move of God in our time and our generation is that people are not dead. People have not died. People have not laid their all on the altar. But today God is making a demand upon you that what is it that you love the most? He says I sacrifice it. Place it on the altar. Place that thing that you love the most on the altar. We just read the account of Peter. You know there was something that Peter loved. Peter loved his career. When you look at, the, the, at Peter, in the book of Luke, the Bible tells us when Jesus was even about to meet Peter, Peter was fishing and Jesus entered Peter's boat and Jesus preached, you know, through Peter's boat and all that. And after Jesus told Peter that, well, cast your net into the deep for a great catch. And Peter did that and he caught a great catch. And after he was so moved by what Jesus did, that miracle that he had told all night and he didn't catch anything. And Jesus just worked a miracle and he caught a lot of fish. So he decided to follow Jesus. But can I tell you something? Even though he was following Jesus, he still had love for his career. He still had a certain passion for his career. His, his career was what he loved the most. So the moment he saw that Jesus was dead and it was as if Jesus was no more, the Bible tells us that he said to himself and he said to the other disciples that, well, I go fishing. He said he's going back to his career. He's going back to the thing that he loves the most. And interestingly, the other disciples said that they are going to go along with him. But do you know what happened? When he decided to go back to fishing, the Bible said that he, they told again and they caught nothing. They told again, and they caught nothing. Let me tell you something. Your career cannot bring you joy. The thing that you love, it cannot bring you joy. The thing that will really bring you fulfillment is Christ Jesus. Is you laying your all on the altar. There are a lot of people that love things. There are people that they love their family. There are people they love their husband and their wife. There are people they love their children. They love their career. There are even people that they love their ministry. But can I tell you something? All these things. I always say that when I was when I was a student on campus, I used to treat, I used to preach at uh, Mecca Road and um, on the Idrasi Gate. I don't know whether it's still called Idrasi Gate, but Idrasi Gate. And I'll stand there and then don't don't broadcast also. One of my main my main preaching messages don't, don't broadcast. All of the ground is sinking sand. And I'll stand there and I'll be preaching. It may be a political ground, an academic ground, a religious ground. Some of you ladies listening to me, you trust in your beauty. But can I tell you something? 
all other ground is sinking sand. You need to embrace Jesus. Peter trusted in his career. And the Bible tells us that, you know, so all that Peter was toiling for, he didn't get it in his career. And then Jesus was standing there. And look at what Jesus, when they saw Jesus at the seashore, Jesus had already prepared bread and fish for them. The thing that Peter had been toiling for, Jesus had it. Jesus had it. And then Jesus told him, cast your net. And when they did that, they got a lot of fish. And so they came to shore. When they came to shore, listen to the first question Jesus asked Peter. He said, Simon, do you love me more than these? He was referring to their career. Do you love me more than your career? Simon, do you love me more than your career? And I'm asking you that, do you love the Lord more than your career? The proof that you love the Lord more than your career is that God is going to make a demand on you for you to give him your career. That is a proof that you love him. God made a demand on me to give up my career. I, I, was, I was passionate about my engineering profession. When I was a student, I was um, second year, I was a president of my association. When I was a student, I, I was going to, during vacation, I will go to Ghana Institution of Engineers. I'll be reading their manuals and their journals and their things. I had a strong passion for, I wanted to pursue something called finite element analysis and computational fluid dynamics. As a student, those were the things I was reading. I was reading those things. And then one day a certain brother came to me and he said he had a vision about me. And I said, what was the vision you had? He said, I saw you, brother Philip. And I saw you seated behind a desk. And I saw you with a lot of books. And you were wearing your glasses. And you were learning. And then all of a sudden, I saw that you pushed the books aside. And you got up. And you said, you are going to do the work of the ministry. I said, what do you mean by that? What, 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 what kind of vision is this? Are you sure it's a vision from God? Do you know how passionate I am about finance element analysis? Do you, know, do you know that I can change the world through computational fluid dynamics? Do you know the inventions I'm going to bring that will transform the world? Well, what do you mean by this vision? Hmm. And then I discarded the vision. But in the process of time, the conviction came upon me. <laughs> in the process of time, the mantle was cast upon me. And when the mantle was, I could not run from it. I said, I must sacrifice this career for the Lord. I must give it to the Lord. I must lay it on the altar. There's somebody you are listening to me. Let me tell you, what you love the most, God will call you to sacrifice it on the altar. That's career that you love so much. Are you ready? The proof that you love God. Because let me tell you something about life and about God. Let me tell you something. God is either first in your life or he's not in your life at all. God can never be second place in your life. It's not possible. He's God. He's God of all. He's either first or nothing. So God will never come in your life if he's going to be second place. Some of you ladies you are here, do you want to be second place in a guy's life? No. You, know, you, you, don't, you don't want to be second wife. Let me tell you something. It's only a curse that makes some people want to be second wife and third wife and fourth wife. It's that there are some people that spirits are following, following them, so they sit down. But you want to be, you know, the, 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 the one and only. And I'm telling you that God is. 
God also wants to be the one and only in your life. So you are going to, so like Peter, Peter was struggling to give up his career. At the initial stages, it looked like he had given up his career and he was following Jesus. But Jesus tested him when Jesus was no more. Peter, would you still follow Jesus or you go back to your career? Peter said he goes fishing. And then Jesus proved to him, Peter, this thing that you are looking for, it cannot really bring you joy. I can give you more than your career can give you. I can give you more than your career can give you. Your career couldn't bring you the fish. Come to me. Come to me. Come to me for charcoal grilled fish. And so that is why when he came, Jesus asked Peter, do you love me more than this career? Peter said, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, if you really love me more than this career, you give your all to feed my sheep. He asked him three times. Peter loved his career. I want us to look at another person also that loved something that was dear to him. And Jesus, God demanded of it. The Bible tells us about Abraham. Genesis 22, verse 1 to 2. Sometime later, God tested Abraham's what? Faith. Sometime, I, I love it. He said that sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Brothers and sisters, can I tell you something? Those watching online, those in this place, those are the various branches. Can I tell you something? God will test your faith. God will test your faith. God will test your faith. God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied, here I am. There are some of you here. God is calling you. God is calling you. And do you know why God is calling you? He's calling you to test your faith. Those of you watching at East Legon, those of you watching at Aloga Junction, Aloga Junction is here. <laughs> those of you watching at Pantama, those of you watching at um, Achimata, those of you watching at Wager, those of you watching at Soto, those of you over here, those of you watching online at the, from various countries, I want to know something. God is calling you. As you can hear my voice, God is mentioning your name. God is calling you. And look at verse 2. He said that this is what God told Abraham to test his faith. He said, take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I'll show you. God said to Abraham, take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much. God was very specific so that, so that Abraham, you know, there was Ishmael at the time. God didn't want Abraham to take Ishmael. Because Ishmael was not the most loved. He wanted Abraham to take Isaac. Can I tell you something? A lot of us, what we have been doing, we have been sacrificing our Ishmael to God. God doesn't want your Ishmael. God wants your Isaac. A lot of us, we sacrifice our Ishmael to God. But God is demanding your Isaac. God is demanding the thing that you love the most. In Abraham's case, we have seen that Peter's case, it was his career. Abraham's case, it was his son. Or by extension, his family. Let me tell you something, brothers and sisters. You must come to that place where you are ready to sacrifice your family for God. Where you are re ready to sacrifice your father, your mother for God. You are ready to sacrifice your husband, your wife for God. You are ready to sacrifice your children for God. You are ready to sacrifice your warfare for God. Who is it that you love? Do you love the person more than Jesus? 
is that and do you know what is able to prove whether you love the person more than jesus when you are able to give yourself more to that person than to god when god makes a demand upon you and because of somebody you can't carry out that instruction when God is calling you as a missionary to Senegal, but you say, oh, my wife and my children, uh, I don't know how I'm going to go to Senegal because I am married. Uh, I just got married. Uh, I'm going on a honeymoon. Uh, how, I can, how can I leave my wife? Uh, how can I leave my children? Uh, brothers and sisters, uh, if you have not come to that place where you can sacrifice your family for God, you cannot have God. You cannot have God. You cannot have God. God is making a demand on you. When he makes a demand on you, it will bring you to the place of death. But let me tell you something. There's something about God. Whatever you give God, he brings it back to you. But he'll test you. Can you give it to him? Look at it. God, Jesus demanded of Peter, sacrifice your career for me. But look at what Jesus gave to Peter. He gave Peter more than he could, he could ask. More than his career could give him. God asked Abraham, sacrifice your son Isaac, your only son Isaac. And Abraham was obedient and sacrificed his only son Isaac. And that is why we know Abraham as the father of faith. That is why Abraham has, Abraham, Abraham has many physical and spiritual children. We all sing, Abraham, father Abraham has many sons, many sons as father Abraham. I am one of them and so are you. So let me tell you something. The reason why you can sing this song is because Abraham sacrificed his only son whom he loved. He thought he was losing. He thought that what will happen if I give away my son that I love the most? But Jesus said, God said to Abraham, trust me. Trust me. Sacrifice your all. When you sacrifice your all to me, when you lay your all on the altar, I will multiply it. I will multiply it. You are holding on to that thing so strong. That is why it is not working. That is why it's not multiplying. But if you can lay it on the altar. Hallelujah. Another person I want to show you is Moses. Moses also was somebody that sacrificed. Let's go to Exodus 4 verse 2. The Bible tells us. Let's read verse 1 and 2. The Bible says, Moses protested again. What if they won't believe me or listen to me? What if they say the Lord never appeared to you? Look at verse 2. Then the Lord asked Moses, What is that in your hand? A shepherd's staff, Moses replied. Verse 3. Throw it down to the ground, the Lord told him. So Moses threw down the staff and it turned into a snake. Moses jumped up. Hmm. Moses, we all know Moses that he was from, he was a prince in Egypt and he had fled from Egypt and now he had become a shepherd. And Moses, as a shepherd, he used to carry a rod or a staff, a shepherd's staff. Now, that shepherd's staff was very significant because that shepherd's staff, although it represented not just he being a shepherd or his tool for shepherding, but it represented also his scepter. As a prince in Egypt, Moses had a scepter. It was a symbol of his authority, the symbol of his leadership. Moses, if you have studied, if you have studied about Moses, his greatness in Egypt, Moses was a great military general. Moses was a great mathematician. Moses was the one that was, he was to become the next Pharaoh. Moses won many battles for Pharaoh and for Egypt. Moses was an agriculturist. Moses was a mathematician. Moses was an architect. Moses was, he, he was everything. He knew everything. He was the one, he was, he was the prizest amongst the Egyptians. He was going to be the Pharaoh. 
And the staff, his staff, you know, was a symbol of his authority. Moses had pride in his leadership. Moses had pride in his accomplishments. Moses had pride in what he was. But over here, the Lord said to Moses, throw it down. Throw it down on the ground. Throw it down on the ground. It's a message to you and I. It's a message to you and I. What is it that you take pride in? Throw it down to the ground. If you are going to follow God, God would want you to throw it down. God would want you to come to that place where you have complete distrust in yourself. God will never use anybody that has a certain iota of trust in himself. Maybe you have a certain confidence that you can speak English. You have a certain confidence that you have degrees. You, you have a, a BSc, a M, 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 MSc, MA, PhD, MTH, MPhil, DD. You have all the qualifications. Can I tell you something? Don't think that God would use you because of those qualifications. Don't think God would... God will say that sacrifice them all. God will say, throw it to the ground. You are a CEO, so what? Throw it to the ground. You are a handsome guy, fine boy. You do your body, fine boy, fine boy. So what? Throw it to the ground. You do yourself pretty, pretty, pretty. I'm a pretty lady. I'm a pretty lady. I got the body. I got the body. Hey. So what? Throw it to the ground. You have the boobs. So what? Throw it to the ground. Now I say, what? What? Throw it to the ground. God told Moses. Throw it on the ground. Brothers and sisters, if you don't throw it on the ground, God cannot eat. God cannot use you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Job chapter 2. Job chapter 2 from verse 1. The Bible tells us that one day the members of the heavenly court came again to present themselves before the Lord. And the accuser, Satan, them. Verse 2. Where have you come from? The Lord asked Satan. Satan answered the Lord. I've been patrolling the earth. Watching everything that goes on. Hey. <laughs> then verse 3. The Lord, then the Lord asked Satan. Have you noticed my servant Job? He's the finest man in all the earth. He's blameless. A man of complete integrity. He fears God and stays away from evil. And he has maintained his integrity. Even though you urged me to harm him without cause. Verse 4. Satan replied to Skin for skin, a man will give up everything he has to save his life. Hmm. Let me tell you something. You look at the persecution of Job, and we thank God that Job came out. It was a death that, that Job went through. But let me tell you, before it happened, there was a discourse you know, between God and Satan. And God boasted about Job to Satan that I have a son on the earth. His name is Job. He's a righteous person. And Satan said, ha, you think he's a righteous person? You think he's a righteous? Yeah, maybe he's a righteous person. But God, you have to test him. Whether he's ready to sacrifice for you, whether he will curse you, you have to test him. And Satan said to God, skin for skin, a man will give up everything he has to save his life. You know, because 
God, Satan, you know, Satan says something that he has been patrolling the earth, watching everything that goes on. And Satan had also already observed Job. And he got to know a certain weakness of Job. That Job, he would give everything to save his life. Can I tell you something? Satan knows your weakness. Or rather, let me put it this way. Satan knows the thing that you love the most. Satan knows what you give up everything for. In this case, Job, it was his life. Peter, it was his career. Abraham, it was his family. Moses, it was his leadership prowess. Job, it was his life. Satan knows. God also knows. And there's going to be a test. God will ask you, lay it on the altar. God and Satan will present it to you. <laughs> Whether you pass or not, when you pass, it will be a testament to God. Are you going to fill the test or pass? Are you going to lay that thing on the altar to prove Satan wrong and prove God right? That I, I, God, right now God is saying, I have a son, I have a daughter, I have a daughter Janet. <laughs> I have a daughter Abigail. I have a son Joshua. I have a son. Mention your name. And then Satan is saying that, oh, God, this one, you do, you do everything for you, but his career, dear. God, this one, she'll do everything for you, but as for her beloved, dear. <laughs> God, this one, she'll do everything for you, but as for her, her must traveling for masters dear she's not ready to give it as for her business his business he's not ready to give it it's going to be a test it's going to be a test we are going to be tested i'm going to be tested for some people it's a successful ministry for some people what you want is the anointing to heal the sick and to cast out demons god is going to ask you sacrifice it on the altar is there a successful ministry you want sacrifice it on the altar and when you sacrifice it that is when you've actually come to true greatness hallelujah praise the lord so that I told you that the first one what is it that you love the most what is it that you love the most what you love the most is what God is calling you to sacrifice God call you to sacrifice your Isaac. Not that you're not your Ishmael. You love Ishmael, but it's not the most. It's not much. But what is it that other penalty? What is it that you love the most? God is calling you to sacrifice it. To lay it on the altar. Hallelujah. And then the second one, I said the proof of your love for God. If you love God, you feed his sheep. If you love God, you do the work of the ministry. If you love God, you decide to become a shepherd. If you love God, you take care of his sheep. Brothers and sisters, there's, there's, there's no two ways about it. There's no escape route. I'm telling you, there's, listen, you are, you are a businessman, but you have to be a shepherd. You are a pastor, you have to be a shepherd. You are a husband, you have to be a shepherd. You are a wife, you have to be a shepherd. You are a mother, you have to be a shepherd. You are a student, you have to be a shepherd. You are traveling across the nations, you have to be a shepherd. 
You are a security man, you have to be a shepherd. You are a tailor, seamstress, God is calling you to be a shepherd. A politician, God is calling you to be a shepherd. An instrumentalist, God is calling you to be a shepherd. Whatever you are, God is calling you to be a shepherd. You are an apostle, a prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. God is calling you to be a shepherd. As a person next to you, what is it that you are? God is still calling you to be a shepherd. Hallelujah. Because being a shepherd is the proof of love for God. You know, every lady, every lady, and that's why sometimes we learn love languages, isn't it? Because a lady, you can, you, you the guy, you can think that you love her, but to her, you don't love her like that. Because maybe you don't know what to do that will make her happy. Isn't it? Uh, ladies, am, am I speaking the truth? And then you realize that you, you can see how many ladies you've experienced. You can see that a guy is doing a lot of things, but he's doing a lot of things. He's even buying you gifts and all. But when, when the gifts comes, now we'll be full. He, he, he orders some food for you and he's so happy. Oh, sweetie pie, this is the food I offer for you. And then you are thinking to yourself, now, a guy will cry unto me who they are over here now I'm a miniature. Or yen yama bribery, nenso, nenso, meaning jinyama or yenu. Ah, and then sometimes you be thinking yourself, minyaka, obibe kachenu na on ya because I said, mean to me, kachenu. Hallelujah. Can I tell you something also? It is the same with God. It's the same with God. That sometimes we do a lot of things. But God is thinking that no, this is not the right thing. This is not the right thing. This is not it. This is not it. This is not it. This is not it. And so God has helped us by giving us his word. Can I have some water? God has helped us by giving us his word and giving us an example that if you love me, feed my sheep. Give the Lord a clap, friend. What you do that will make me know that you love me. What, this is what, what, what God is saying. What you will do that will make me feel loved is in this scripture. Feed my sheep. <laughs> As I said, you have to take care of God's sheep. That is what when you do, God will be happy. And let me tell you something. Even, listen, this is a price. Brothers and sisters, I pray that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened. That this message will enter your heart. That this is a price that God requires of everybody.
It's a price that God requires of everybody. And the Lord was teaching me that it was a price that God even required of Jesus Christ. That Jesus had to die for the sheep of God. You and I are God's sheep. Jesus had to die for us. You know, when Jesus hung on that cross, or and even in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus was praying that, Lord, if it be possible, take this cup away from me. Do you know something? God didn't take the cup away from him. God didn't take the cup away from him. God told Jesus, Jesus, you are my beloved son, all right. You are my, but for you to prove your love for me, you have to die. Jesus, I love you. Father God was telling Jesus, I love you. He said it at the baptism. Thou art my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased. I love you. But for you to prove your love for me, die for my people. Be a shepherd. A shepherd does what? Lays down his life for his sheep. Be a true shepherd. Prove to me that you are a true shepherd, Jesus. My beloved son, prove to me that you are a true shepherd by lay down your life for my sheep. And Jesus said, this is a difficult thing. Jesus, Jesus counted the cost. Am I ready to die? Papa God, is there no other way? Papa God was silent. There's no other way. There's no other way. Then Jesus said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And Jesus opted to go to the cross, to die, to lay down his life for the sheep of God. I want to ask you a question. If God did not spare his own son and give him up for you and I, do you think God will spare you? Do you think God will spare you? I'm telling you the word of God. God will not spare you also. You have to die. You have to lay that thing that you love the most on the altar. You have to decide to be a shepherd and do the work of the ministry and take care of God's sheep. That is the way that proves your love for God. A lot of Christians are pursuing after wealth, pursuing after money, pursuing after power, anointing. And you know why we, we get flashes of those things? You know why people as Christians, we just get flashes and glimpses. We get flashes and glimpses of the power of God. Flashes Hallelujah. Flashes and glimpses of the wisdom of God, the power of God, the blessing of God. You know why? We have not sacrificed our all on the altar. Amen. We are giving our Ishmael. We have not sacrificed our all on the altar. But tonight or today, Jesus is calling us to sacrifice our all. Hallelujah. He that spared not a son sacrifice him will not spare you you too you have to sacrifice you too you have to sacrifice you have to lay your all on the altar you have to die God is making a demand on you and it will bring you to the place of death many of us sing that song out of the ashes of my dying today but we don't know what it means I'm telling you today what it means you have to sacrifice your all. It is like dying. But out of that ashes will come for the breaking of a brand new day. You not see that brand new day. We sing the song. We are in the days of power, days of glory, days of showing forth your word. We are in the days of power, days of glory, days of praise. We shall not see his power, his glory, his praise if we don't sacrifice are all on the altar. Jesus said, he that desires to follow me, 
must take up his cross and come after me. The cross is a symbol of death. The cross is a symbol of you sacrificing your all. Let me give you one last scripture that will be closing. Philippians 3. I want to give an example of the Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul. And how he sacrificed everything. Amen. Philippians 3 verse 4. And there's a word of God for you also. This is what Paul said. He said, though I have confidence in my own effort, if anyone could. Indeed, if others have reason for confidence in their own efforts, I have even more. Of you here, you have confidence in your effort. You have confidence in yourself. You have confidence that your father is a rich man. <laughs> confidence you are beautiful. You have confidence you are a good student. You have confidence in your welfare. You have, listen, you have confidence in that career. You have confidence that you can make it. I'm telling you. You have to lay it all on the altar. He said, if others have reason for confidence in their own faith, in their own efforts, I have even more. And now he begins to list his credentials. His credentials that his credentials in the Judaistic religion. He said, I was circumcised when I was eight days old. I'm a pure-blooded citizen of Israel and a member of the tribe of Benjamin. A real Hebrew, if there, if there ever was one. You know, some of us may not understand what it meant, but those times, to be a Hebrew, to be a Jew, they were proud to be Jews. They, they were proud to be the people of God. They were proud to be, to be of Abraham. That, you know, that's why, you know, you know the Jews, you know how they call us? Do you know how they call us who are non-Jews? Read the, read the Bible. They call, they call us Gentile dogs. Gentile dogs. That's how they call us. When you read the Bible, you, tell, you see Gentiles, it's non-Jews. Gentile dogs. You and I, we are not Jews. And I will be or oh, oh, Israelite me. My name, maybe I'll be. Now me there, me name say me and Kreni, me Figana. So I'm a Gentile dog. But we thank God that Jesus Christ brought us also. But to the Jews, we were nothing. And that's why Paul was saying that. Paul was saying that I'm a pure-blooded citizen of Israel. And not just that. Among the Israelites, I'm a member of the tribe of Benjamin. A real Hebrew, if there ever was one. And look at what he said. He said, I, am, I was a member of the Pharisees who demand the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. Another place, Paul said that I, I studied under Gamaliel. He said, I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church. He said, and look at what, as for righteousness, I obeyed the law without fault. How many of you can say that you have obeyed the law without fault? Paul could say that. But look at what he said in verse 7. He said, he said, I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. There are some of you here, you think certain things to be valuable. You think that, oh, if you are working with a multinational company, it's valuable. I came to tell you it's not valuable. Me and I may catch you and you're valuable. You think that if you go and do your MBA outside, it's valuable. It's not valuable. You think that if you do it in Ghana, too, it's valuable. It's not valuable. You do it in Ghana, you do it outside, Ninia, and you're valuable. You think that if you are driving a Benz, it's valuable. It's not valuable. You think that if you live in a mansion in East Legon, it's valuable. It's not valuable. It's not valuable. That's why the Bible said, What shall a man give in exchange for his soul? There was a man in the Bible. He was a rich man. He gathered a lot of wealth. And he built barns and stored his wealth. 
And he said to himself, wow, I will eat and fool and be satisfied. Then the moment he said that, there was a proclamation in the heavenly courts. There, there was a proclamation in the heavenly courts. The moment he said that, there was a proclamation in the heavenly courts. Thou fool. Thou fool. This day, your life will be required of you. And that is what is happening to a lot of people. A lot of people are just living in grace period. God has just extended a certain amount of time to them. Perchance they would repent. Because in the heavenly courts, because of certain pronouncements they have made, certain disposition of their hearts, certain things that they have thought it is very valuable, in the heavenly courts on earth they think it's valuable, other people think it's valuable, but there's a supreme court. The supreme court has weighed the matter, has evaluated, has judged them, and the Bible says the supreme court has pronounced the verdict, thou fool, thou fool. Brothers and sisters, God weighs men. The Bible tells us in the time of Daniel, the hand came and wrote a writing on the wall. Mene, mene, tekel, apasana. The meaning, the interpretation, your life has been weighed and has been found wanting. Your life has been weighed. As you are sitting here, can I tell you something? What is it that you bow down to? What is it that in the deep recesses of your heart, you love? There's something that you cherish in your heart. You know it. God knows it. Satan knows it. I may not know it, but between you and God and Satan, it is known. I tell you something, you have been weighed. You'll be tested to prove whether you love that thing more than God or you love God more than that thing. And right now, as you are listening to me, a demand is being placed upon you. Lay your all on the altar. Consider that thing that you think is valuable. That thing that men think is valuable. We live in a generation of social media. People flaunt their houses. People flaunt their vacation trips. People flaunt their bodies. People flaunt their wealth. But they don't know that heaven looks on all these things and says to them, Thou fool, thou fool, this day your soul is being required of you. Do you think you can give a mansion in East Legon for your soul? Do you think you can give cars for your soul? Do you think you can give lands and houses and estates for your soul? Do you think you can give masters for your soul? If, if you think you can give these things for your soul, you mock God. You mock God. And your life has been weighed and has been found wanting and will be judged. But today, God has given that opportunity. Lay your all on the altar. And as you lay your all on the altar, decide that Lord I want to prove my love for you by being a shepherd by taking the mantle of a shepherd the staff of a shepherd I want to lead your sheep like Jesus laid down his life for the sheep God is also requiring of you and I hallelujah verse 8 look at what Paul says he said yes everything else is worthless when compared, oh, I love the scripture. Everything else is worthless when compared with infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For this sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I can gain Christ. Can I tell you something? The things of this world are worthless as compared to coming to the place of intimate knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ and for Christ's sake you must be ready to discard everything for Christ's sake you must be ready to count it as garbage what is that degree count it as garbage 
you know, that King James says uses an interesting word. He uses dank. Give me King James. King James says NLT, NLT is a bit diplomatic, so he says garbage. But my, my young call King James. Look at what King James says. Can you make King James? King James says that I count everything as what? As dank. What is dank? You can see it and do count them at dank. What is dank? If you are watching online, you can type it in the chat section. What is dank? There's nothing wrong. Type what those uh, those of you watching in the various branches, turn to the next person, tell the person what dang is. Those of you over here also tell the person next to you what dang is. What is dank? In God, in God, we call it tofe. Tinafe. In a in tree, how do you call it? How do you call it in tree? I'm not sure how do you call it. How do you call it in Ewe? Cow dunk, how do you call it? Cow shit, how do you call it in Ewe? Cow shit. Jesus. Paul is telling us that he counts everything as cow shit. For the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. He said, for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. I count. I've suffered the loss of all things. Are you ready to suffer the loss of all things? You must suffer the loss of all things. I showed you that Jesus suffered the loss of all things. He had to die. And you too, you must die. You must, you must suffer the loss of all things. You must count it as cow shit. Count the masters as cow shit. Count the cars as cow shit. Count the businesses as cow shit. Count the political position as cow shit. Cow shit. You, you've married the most beautiful girl in the world. Can I tell you? Count it as cow shit. Everything you must count as cow shit. It's not me, isn't it? And then I make I make me. Me me kanya mi asema chao senya me se bibia o penu or eriasimu no ese o to me consider enu eh eh oh shit hallelujah look at what he says verse 9 give me let's go back to nlt verse 9 he says that and become one with him he said the previous one he said so I'll gain Christ. And the verse 9 says that, and become one with him. And become one with him. Wow. Give me NLT. Become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. Verse 10. He said, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. Look at what he said. I want to suffer with him sharing in his death that's what i'm saying brothers and sisters you must die you must die you know a lot of people think that oh christ has done it the, the finished work of christ on the cross that's that is true but there's another dimension we participating in the in the work of christ we must come to the place of participating in christ's death and that is what paul is saying that just as christ died on the cross you also must come to the place of death what is the place of death the place of death is where you lay your Isaac on the altar. Where you sacrifice what is most dear to you. 
you sacrifice it for Christ. Tell God, take it. Whether you bless me or you don't bless me, I'll still serve you. Whether I marry or I don't marry, I'll still... You know, sometimes when I'm preaching and I say that some of you, you are going to start a branch in, a, in, the, in Togo or in Mali, then some people will not be responding. But when I say in Dubai, then they are shouting, you are joking. Today, I want to tell you something. Repent of that thing. You are joking. You have not yet laid your all on the altar. It's all jokes. It's gimmicks. God looks at the heart and waits and says, these people are joking. They are, they, they've not yet come to that place of sacrifice. They don't know what they are saying. You, you have been doing that. You don't know what you are saying. But when you come to that place of sacrifice, Paul said that I'm a born servant. I'm a born servant. What does it mean to be a born servant to Christ? Wherever he leads me, I will go. Whatever he wants me to do, I will do it. I have no will of my own. My will is to do the will of he that sent me and to finish his work. God, wherever you send me, I have no choice but to go. I have no choice. I have no option. The reason why people uh, want to go and start a branch in Switzerland, you don't want to go and start a branch in Kittigrach, you are joking. You have a will. You have not yet laid your all on the altar. You have a sacrifice. And that's why God can use you. And God can use you. And you can't experience his power with that mindset. You can't. You can't. You can't. You can't. You are giving God Ishmael. You, you know why you are giving God your Ishmael? You know, it's like you don't want to do the work of God. You want to do the career. But if you have to do the work of God, then you want to do the work of God in a comfortable place, Switzerland. That's your Ishmael. God, and let me tell you something. You know something about, like I told you, God knows our hearts. Heaven knows our hearts. Satan also knows our hearts. And the most interesting thing, God will test you with that which you love the most. So those of you that you, are, you won't go to Kete Krachi, that's where God will actually send you. God knows your heart and wastes it. And when he sees that, ah, this person doesn't want to sacrifice this. That is what will call you to sacrifice. Today God is calling you. Now listen to me. God wants you to lay your all on the altar. And God is going to examine your heart and bring it out to you. And show you what it is that you love the most. Sometimes you yourself, you don't know what it is that you love the most. Sometimes it's hidden in your heart. You have covered it and kept it. You don't want to talk about it. You don't want to touch it. It's a soft spot. So sometimes you yourself, you are not subconsciously, your subconscious is aware of it, but your conscious is not really aware of it. But you know what God will do? He'll bring it out and expose it to you. You expose it to you and you realize that, ah, this is what you have loved the most. And then now he'll say, sacrifice it to me. Give it up. Are you ready to give it up for my glory? Are you ready to give it up for my power? Are you ready to give it up for my wisdom? That is the only way up. The way up is down. It's when you go down that you can go up. The way to live is to die. It is when you are dead that you truly know what life means. Jesus Christ said it. He himself said it. Except you die, you cannot live. Except you cease to be, God cannot be in your life. God cannot be second place in your life. He has to be the first place. He has to be the ultimate. He has to be your all and all. That is why the songwriter sang the song. Only believe and thou shalt see that Christ is all in all to me. Is Christ all in all to you? Paul said, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death. I want to come to that place that I am joined to the Lord in his death. I want to experience 
It's a terrible place. It's a terrible place. The place of death is a terrible place. But all of us must go to that place. All of us must die. I remember the man of God, Rick Joyner. He had a prophetic encounter where he was able to experience what Jesus experienced on the cross. In his book, The Final Quest, he took like it was like a stone. And when he took that, that sudden, he began to experience what Christ experienced on the cross. It was a prophetic experience. And he threw it away. He couldn't hold it. And Jesus told him, this is what I experienced when I was on the cross. If you cannot hold it, you cannot be my disciple. If you cannot hold it, you cannot be my disciple. If you cannot experience what I experienced on the cross, you cannot follow me. I'm ending. But this is a call. It's a call to death. I came to call all of us to the place of dying. I came to call all of us to the place of laying our all on the altar. I want you to be on your feet. Wherever you are, in this place, at the various branches, watching online, be on your feet. You are going to cry out to God. There's something that the Spirit of God is going to work in your heart right now. I want you to be safe, whether you are watching online, watching from the various branches, you are in this place. There's something that God is doing. Listen, you, you can't die yourself. You, God is the one who can help you to die. God is the one who can help you to die. God is the one who can tie you on the altar and kill you. Because left to you, you run from the altar. You can't do it yourself. You can't die yourself. I want you to tell God right now. God, lay my life on the altar. Tie me on the altar. Tie me on the altar. Lift up your voice and cry out to God. God, tie me on the altar. Tie me on the altar, oh God. Tell God I cannot do it myself. I left to me, I cannot die. Left to me, I cannot sacrifice my own. But oh God, this is what you require of me. Oh God, and I know, I know in my heart that this is a pathway. Can I tell you that this is a this is the ancient path this is the ancient path when we talk about the ancient path the ancient path is the path of death the ancient path is the path of death the ancient path is the path of death cry out to God God is calling out. Sacrifice your son. Sacrifice your Isaac. God is calling you. Sacrifice your career. Sacrifice your marriage. Sacrifice that business. Sacrifice. Somebody cry out to God. Somebody cry out to God. Somebody cry out to God. Somebody cry out to God.
Cry out to God. Cry out to God. Cry out to God. Cry out to God. God. Tie me on the altar. 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 Oh God. Oh God. Cry out to God. God. Help me to lay all on the altar. 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 Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You are going to pray. You are telling God that you lay that thing that you love the most on the altar. Each and every one of us is different. Peter, his career. Moses, his leadership prowess. Job, his very life. Paul, his, Paul, his, his, the fact that he was a religious person. He was, he said, he, he said of himself, a Pharisee of Pharisees. And God asked all of them. Abraham, it was a son. They had to lay it on the altar. If any man desires to follow me, let him deny himself. Take up the cross and follow me. People do not know. They think that the scripture is a cake. But let me tell you something. It's the path to victory. It's the ancient path. When I study all the fathers of old that have been, that were full of God, that manifested God to their generation, they took this ancient path. They died. One of my mentors, George Muller, he said, he said, there was a day that I died. There was a day I died to George Muller. I died to my, my desires and my dislikes. I died to my taste and my, my achievements. And he said that since then, I have lived to always be pleasing to my master. There was a day that he died. All the saints, brothers and sisters, be sensitive. There's something happening in the realms of the spirit. I see the fathers of old. I see the saints of old walking amongst us. Wherever you are, they're walking. And they are showing us. I'm seeing them showing us their scars. I can see the Lord Jesus above the saints showing his scars, the scars in his hand. And I can see all the other saints with him. They are also showing their scars. Some of them, their scars are in their hands. Their scars are in their waist. Their scars are on their feet. They have all sacrificed. And they are saying, this is the pathway to Victory. This is a pathway to victory. This is the ancient path. Ask of the ancient path. I show you the ancient path. Behold, I show you the ancient path. Behold, I show you the ancient path. It's a path of death. It's a path of death. It's a path of sacrifice. It's a path of sacrifice. Accept the path. Accept the path. Accept the path. Accept the path. Cry out to God. Cry out to God. Cry out to God. Cry out to God. Lord. Listen. I am seeing something in the realms of the spirit. Brothers and sisters, be very sensitive. I'm seeing something in the realms of the spirit. I am seeing blood dripping on an altar. I'm seeing blood dripping on an altar. And I asked, what blood is that? And the answer came from the heavens. Can that be your blood? Can that be your blood? Can your blood drip on the altar of God? Can you be sacrificed on the altar of God? 
Can your very life be sacrificed on the altar of God? Can your blood drip on the altar of God? If your blood cannot drip, don't think about following God. If your blood cannot drip, drip on the altar, you are not ready for God. That is what I hear. If your blood cannot drip on the altar, you are not ready for me, say the Lord. If your blood cannot drip on the altar, you are not ready for me, say the Lord. Your blood must drip on the altar. All the saints, their blood dripped on the altar. Our greatest example, Jesus Christ, his blood dripped on the altar. Abraham's blood dripped on the altar. Jacob's blood dripped on the altar when he wrestled with the angel. Moses' blood dripped on the altar. Elijah's blood dripped on the altar. Joshua's blood dripped on the altar. Daniel's blood dripped on the altar. The prophets, I see the lineup of prophets. I see the lineup of prophets of old. I see all of them coming to the altar, the altar of God, and they're placing their blood on the altar. And they're placing their blood on the altar. And I hear a spirit that these are they that have caused their blood to drip on the altar and I hear a cry it's the time of this generation it's the time of my generation it's the time of your generation it's the time of our generation for our blood to drip on the altar for our blood to drip on the altar blood drip on the altar will your blood drip on the altar will drip on the altar cry out to God say God help me help me help me that my blood will drip on the altar help me that my blood will drip on the altar cry out to God 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 Lift up your hands. I want the choir to help me with this song. I surrender all to thee. Everything I bring to you, withholding nothing. I surrender all to thee. I surrender Lift up your voice and sing it to the Lord. Sing it from your heart. Everything I bring to you. Sing it from your heart. Sing it with spirit. Withholding nothing. Father, let me hear you sing it to the Lord. Oh, withholding nothing. Some of you cast yourselves on the ground. Some of you lie prostrate before the Lord. Some of you kneel before the Lord. Some of you raise a cry of lamentation. Some of you cry out to God. Some of you, the cry of the Spirit will come from within you. Do not block it. Do not block it. Do not block it. Give it to him. Give it to him. Give it to him. Give it to him. Lay all on the altar. Lay all on the altar. Lay all on the altar. Give it to him. Those of you at the various branches, sing a song. Give it to him. Give it to him. Lay all. Lay all. Lay all. Lay all on the altar. Surrender. Surrender. I give my all. I give my all. I give my money. I give my business. I give my strength. 
my cars, I give my lands, I give my career, I give my estate, I give my all, I give my all, I give all, I give my all, I give my ministry, I give my anointing, I give my gifts, I give you the power. Somebody give it to him. Surrender all to you. yourselves on the ground. Some of you lay yourselves prostrate before God. It's a work of the Spirit. I see blood dripping on the altar. And I hear the question. It is time for this generation. It's time for the blood of this generation to drip on the altar. Oh, because the baton is being handed. Can you not see that the eyes of Eli have been dimmed? The eyes of Eli have been dimmed. God is calling for the Samuel generation, the young generation. But can that young generation sacrifice all? Can that young generation sacrifice all? Can your blood drip on the altar? 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 Can God use you? Can your blood drip on the altar?
of the gone generations I see the path of death I see them take the ancient path I see the new generation come to the crossroads and be shown the pathway of death which is the ancient path and the angel is proclaiming ask of the ancient path of the good old road that your fathers walked in and walk in that path also so that you find rest I want you to make that decision that you ancient path. Make that decision right now. That you take the path of death. I know for some of us, we can't take it ourselves. Your hand and say, God help me. God help me to take that ancient path. It's a difficult path. Oh, it's a difficult path. Many have not been able to take that path. But God help me. It's difficult for me also. But Holy Spirit, that's why you are my helper. Holy Spirit, that's why you are my comforter. Help me to take that ancient path. Help me to take that ancient path. Help me to lay my all on the altar. Help me to pour my blood on the altar. Help me to take that ancient path. Father, we surrender unto you. Holy Spirit, you have heard our cry. You have heard the cry of your people. You are a comforter and a helper. You are the one that can lead us to the ancient path. You are the one that can help us to sacrifice our Isaac on the altar. You are the one that can help us to cast down our rod on the altar. To throw it to the ground. You are the one that can help us 
to abandon our ships of business like Peter to come out of that ship of business you are the one that can help us to abandon our fishing boats and our fishing ships and to follow you you are the one that can help us you are the one that can help us not to curse you when a demand is made on our lives like Job you are the one that can help us help us help us May we accept to choose that ancient path, the path of death, the path of death. May we join the saints of old. May we walk that path together with the saints of old. Help us. Help us. In Jesus' name have we prayed and all the saints shall say amen. I don't need to clap. Don't clap. You don't need to clap. You don't need to clap. Don't need to clap. Just take your seats. Father, we thank you. In Jesus' name have we prayed. Amen.